song and a bit of perspective. Fantastic. Welcome. Come on in. Awesome. We're going to sing a beautiful song this morning. It's a new one for you. Woohoo! It's called In the River. And the words, if we pop the words up there, please, Grant, it'll be fantastic. There is a river where goodness flows. There is a fountain that drowns sorrows. There is an ocean deeper than fear. The tide is rising, rising. And the pre-chorus goes bursting, bursting up from the ground. We feel it now, bursting, bursting up from the ground. We feel it now. You may be thinking, this is a weird sounding song, talking about a river and bursting and everything. We wanna put it in a bit of perspective for you. Caleb's got a beautiful verse from the New Testament that he'd like to read to you. Doing oh, Old, Old Testament. Testament, Old Testament, my apologies. This is Old. from the Old Testament, okay, <laughs> uh, and it's from Ezekiel, alright, Ezekiel 47, uh, verse 6 to 12, he asked me, son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river, and this is after Ezekiel, has already been in the river a few times, right? <laughs> when I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region, it goes down to the Arabah where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from this place to that place. And there will be places for spreading nets. There will fish, uh, be fish of every kind, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. And I'll skip a little bit. And fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will the fruit fall, fail. 
Every month there will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Amen, church? Beautiful. And in Revelation chapter 22, it goes on similar kind of words, pretty much painting the same picture in the sense of saying that on the, there's a throne of God and from that throne of God comes the river of life, flowing out from the throne of God, out down the centre of the streets of heaven. And on either side, there are trees of life that bear fruit every month, fresh, fresh harvest of fruit. And it's the leaves of the trees bring healing to the nations. And it's like, man, the Amazing power of this river coming from the throne of God. And the beautiful thing is this river comes from God to His people, then from His people out into the land. Yeah, so as we sing this song, allow that start truth, start to come around and think about, meditate on it. Take it home, have a look. Even Google if you're not sure where river bits and pieces come into the Bible. There's a lot. You get overwhelmed with it. But man, the truth that you can sing from this this morning, that the river of God will come and well up within us. There is a river. There is a river where goodness flows. There is a fountain that jumps around. There is an ocean.
We come alive in the river, your power. We come alive in the river. We come alive in the river. Sing that again. We come alive in the river. We come alive in the river. We come alive in the river. Jesus that we can declare this morning we come alive when we're in your presence thank you, Lord. and I thank you that your presence is in this place today we take a moment to open our hearts to you to clear our minds of the weak the stuff that would clutter Lord give us the ability this morning I pray to drop that off in Jesus name that we can focus at this time and this place on you and you alone. You're a good, good God. What an honour it is to worship you, to praise you, to celebrate you, to acknowledge you this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. It's great to see you today. Before you sit down, why don't you give someone a high five or something and tell them that you're full of joy. You've just been singing about it. So, you know, put a smile on your face. Tell them they're looking great this morning. Welcome, it's great to see you this morning. It's great to be here. We're going to have a great morning. It is fantastic to have Pastors Nick and Karen Klinkenberg with us this morning. So, they're clapping for you guys, Nick. You had your back, but that's all right. We'll do it again properly later. It's great. I'm expecting that God's going to do some great stuff amongst us this morning. So, we're going to have a good day together. If you're visiting with us, very warm welcome. Great to have you here. As you leave at the end of our, our gathering this morning, if you go uh, just right when you get out the door, there's a table out there and there's, there'll be someone there to talk to you and there's bags with information about the church and, and uh, where we're heading and what we're doing and what God's doing in us and with us. 
And uh, so please make yourself, um, help yourself to all of that kind of stuff and, and go and meet someone that we'd love to talk to you a little further. Well, who's had a birthday or an anniversary this last week? Graham Shirley. Today, Graham, birthday. Happy birthday. And we've got you working on your birthday. Awesome, you better come down here. Any other birthdays or anniversaries this week? Is that it? Is anyone lying this week? <laughs> Only one. Well, that's great. We can, we can personalise it this morning. We're gonna, why don't you jump on your feet? We're going to pray for Graham. Here we go. So where it says family and where it says other things like that, uh, we'll say Graham. Here we go. Thank you, Father, for Graham. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over him this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Through Graham. I receive <laughs> That's great. Well, a couple of things I just let, uh, need to let you know about. Uh, we've got School of the Spirit coming up in two weekends' time. It's a great opportunity um, for you to come and be um, not only educated a little, but inspired and released and empowered in the things of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know how we are supposed to do life without being empowered by the Holy Spirit. In fact, we're not supposed to. That's why the Father sent Him. And uh, so we need to be empowered and we need to have understanding and confidence around the things of, of the Spirit. And I encourage you to come. There are limited seats. I know there's still some left, but when we run out, we run out. So you do need to, to get in. And if you're not comfortable in the whole area of the Holy Spirit. Well, actually, I don't know if you're ever comfortable. He always stretches you a little bit. But if you're not certain, if you're not, don't have a, a good understanding of how the Holy Spirit wants to work in and through our lives, you, you need to be there. You really do. And uh, I encourage you to come. It'll be a great weekend. We've got Helen Calder coming from Melbourne, and um, she's a prophet. I talked to her on Skype, I think, last week or the week before. And just some of the things that are bubbling away in her spirit, we are in for a fantastic weekend. So that would be good. There are brochures in the foyer. Please, please sign up for that. That'll be great. Uh, also tonight, if you're doing Faith 101, that's running tonight at 6 p.m. So that's tonight. Well, we've had our focus on mission for the last few weeks. You'll see on your seat today, there's a card with the Klinkenbergs on it. There we go. Look at that. But this morning, I get to announce to you how we've gone with Faith Promise. That's good, eh? You, you need to talk to me a little bit more. I know it's winter. I know it's cold, but it's warm in here. Maybe it's too warm in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's just nice. It's nice. Would you like to know how we've gone with Faith Promise? You would? Great. Here we go. So, so far, we have... 136 cards returned. That could be 136 families, whatever, however it works. 136 cards for a total of $313,000. Isn't that fantastic? That is outstanding. Congratulations. That is us making an eternal difference in the world. 
That is us seeing heaven populated. That is us seeing people's lives touched and transformed. That is us introducing people to Jesus. That is us, wherever it's taking place, wherever that money is spent. And, and so congratulations, well done. That is a very, very good result. So we'll keep you up to date with exactly how things are going through the year with our global missions. Well, I've, I've been away all week, but I think if I've got my details correct, Corley, you're going to come and read a psalm, I believe. Fantastic. Psalm 48 this morning. How about giving her a hand as she comes? You happy with that? Psalm 48, a song, a psalm for the descendants of Korah. How great is the Lord, how deserving of praise in the city of our God, which sits on his holy mountain. It is high and magnificent, the whole earth rejoices to see it. Mount Zion, the holy mountain, is the city of the great king. God himself is in Jerusalem's towers, revealing himself as its defender. The king of the earth joined forces and advanced against the city. But when they saw it, they were stunned. They were terrified and ran away. They were gripped with terror and writhed in pain like a woman in labor. You destroyed them like the mighty ships of Tarsus, shattered by a powerful east wind. We had heard of the city's glory, but now we have seen it ourselves. The city of the Lord, our heaven's armies. It is the city of our God. He will make it safe forever. O oh God, we meditate on your unfailing love as we worship in your temple. As your name deserves, O oh God, you will be praised to the ends of the earth. Your strong right hand is filled with victory. Let the people on Mount Zion rejoice. Let all the towns of Judah be glad because of your justice. Go and speak the city of Jerusalem. Walk around and count the many towers. Take note of the fortified walls and tour all the citadels, that you may describe them to future generations. For that is what God is like. He is our God forever and ever, until He will guide us until we die. Thank you. What a great psalm. Isn't that fantastic? I love that. I will meditate on the love of the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? Well, on the heels of that, I think this is probably the perfect time. Alan, if you'd like to come and lead us around communion this morning. As we meditate on the love of the Lord. Morning, everyone. How are you? Just organise myself. So the, the emblems are being handed out. Um, over the past couple of months, um, as you know, there's been a quite a, a, a big push from Sheridan on the, to emphasize prayer. And uh, during a quiet time earlier this week, or earlier last week, I should say, I, um, I started to think about praying. Strange. Um, I was thinking about what would be one of the most simplest prayers that you could pray. And I came up with a, a simple prayer, and the, word, the prayer was simply help. So if it... But, you know, you can personalize it, but I don't want to overcomplicate it too much, but you can add me, add me at the end, and you end up with quite a long prayer, and it's very complicated, but it's actually very personal. And so rather than complicate, I just wanted to use, you know, I'm an academic, so apologies for this, 
I just wanted to use the word help and come up with this acronym, you know, H-E-L-P, you know. So I know some of you, some of you resonate with that, I know, you know, so look at this. So H, you know, it says, it's, this is communion, by the way. So this is, so H, for me, it talks about, if you read in Ephesians, it says that Jesus was raised up from the dead and placed, seated at the right hand of the Father. And that you and I have been raised up with him into heavenly places. There's the H. We sit in a place of power and authority in Christ because of our relationship with him who is right next to us. So for me, the, the letter H, when I pray and when I contemplate Christ, is to see myself seated at the right hand of the Father, right next to him. The letter E, I think, belongs to the ear. And if you look through, oh, I've got to put my glasses on. If you look through many scriptures, there's, there's untold scriptures that, that would um, uh, talk about the ear and how God listens. Isaiah 59.1 says, Listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is his ear too deaf to hear you, you call. We can be confident that when we pray, that God is listening to us. He has, he listens, he has our, we have his ear, I should say. And those of you that, um, I just love that those of the older ones, you know, the Yule Brynner type person. You all know Yule, the older ones know Yule Brynner. There was uh, the king and I, this, the, um, you know, uh, the, the king of Siam, you know, the don't burst into song, Nick. But, you know, the, you've got that, the, the um, Yule Brynner, the king of Siam, in his court with his... Um, with his courtiers, with the, the important people, and in through the court pushes one of his little children. And normally, if you look at um, uh, Vashti and you look at the different scriptures in, in the Bible about uh, how she went into the court of the, of the king, they could have been put to death immediately. But this little child comes, he showed him an image. <laughs> Focus, come on. This, so he could have come in, this little child could have come into the king's court and the, the king could have had that child put to death. But what happened is, is he, this child ran up, sat on the king's knee and the king stopped the meeting and inclined his ear to the, to the voice of his child. That is an image of what God does for you and I. As we go into his courts, we have his ear. He will stop and listen to you and I. He, is a, he's, he turns his focus away from what is massive and important to you who is even greater and more important. A lovely image. Matthew 7 tells us if we, it, to ask and it will be given. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. God is listening. He's listening to our prayers and is eager to respond. So you've got H is heavenly places where you're seated in Christ. Ear for the letter E. The L, now straight away when I thought about this, I thought about the word love. But actually I think more, it's more long-suffering. He's long-suffering. Numbers 14, 18 says the Lord is long-suffering and abundant in mercy. 
It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter some of the challenges that you've been faced with. It doesn't matter the sin that you may have committed. He is long-suffering. He wants to be there for you. He, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is the long-suffering of Christ. That is the long-suffering of our God and our Savior. And that, to me, is massively important. Too many times. You know, I, it's sad that, that there will be, and I'm, it wouldn't surprise me if there would be one or two people here today that won't be taking communion because they don't see themselves worthy. The reality is that Christ has died for your sin. He's cleansed you. If, you're not, if you don't feel worthy, confess it. Ask God to forgive you and then take communion and accept the reality of who Jesus is in your life. He is long-suffering. He is ever toward us. Nothing you've done is capable of stopping you from receiving the forgiveness of God. Nothing at all. You simply need to confess and receive and then walk in that forgiveness. And because of the position we, we walk in and knowing that he's hurt us, we will, we will receive that forgiveness. And so the P for me is quite important. So I'd like to suggest that the P is not passive. It's not, um, it's not prayer, it's prophetic. See, if you know where you are in Christ, you know that God is listening to you, you know that you are forgiven, then you can start speaking prophetically into circumstances and situations. That's the prophetic power of prayer. And that's the prophetic nature that you and I can embrace because of our relationship, because of where we're seated, because of our confidence in what he's doing, because he's listening to us, because we're forgiven. We can speak to mountains. We can speak to the, to the sick. We can speak into life's circumstances. And we will see them change. Isaiah 59 says that no weapon formed against us shall prosper and every tongue that rises up in judgment against us we can condemn that is the inheritance of you and I see communion is not a not a pause and an event it's a it's a time to slow down to pause and to reflect and to me I I see that that communion is is a an, an amazing opportunity to focus our attention onto Jesus. But if we just focus on that and don't do something with it, we're just using it as an event. It's a reflective action that we need to have. And so here's, here's my, the, commun- the nutshell of the communion message. Cry out to him in this midst, in this time of of just settling our spirits. Cry out to him. If you don't know how to do that, use the word help and know that because of your position, because he's listening, because of his character, you can start to speak prophetically into circumstances that you find yourself in today. So let's pray. Oh, one final thing. There was Sheridan mentioned in Matthew 21, if, and you know, the, the, my house shall become a house of prayer. Do you know the very next verse? The very next verse says, after that, after he's, Jesus has pushed out all of the, 
the money changers and kicked over the tables and cleansed the house. The next verse, it says that the lame and the sick came to him and were healed. Isn't that amazing? That's the power of crying out in prayer to God. That's, the, that's what happens when you receive into yourself the reality of who he is and then do something with it. Healing will flow. So Father, I just thank you as we commune around your table today. I just want to thank you for this opportunity to, to, to remind ourselves of who we are in you. We are special children of yours, Lord. You will stop the, uh, the, the business of heaven to listen to one of your children. And I thank you for that. And so, Lord, we ask you to hear our cry this morning. Whatever, wherever we're sitting in a situation in our lives, whether it's a need for healing or uh, transformation in some way, whatever it might be, Lord, I speak into that right now. And by the power of your presence, by the power of your spirit, I pray healing and health and wholeness and a miraculous transformation meet our needs, Lord as we commune together in Jesus' name. Stand to your feet when you're ready. Take the communion if you haven't yet when you're ready.
our Father. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom, your kingdom, come quickly, your will be done the same.
sin, yours is the kingdom. Are you ready to declare that one more time? Sing of yours. And yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever. my great privilege to be able to introduce Pastor Nick and uh, many of you know Pastor Nick and Karen, known them for a long, long time and it's a great privilege to have you guys both with us this morning and why don't you come Nick, make yourself at home, please give him a massive big hand as he comes. Hello everybody, hey there's Steel, man, so cool to see you, and I saw uh, Eric Liddell, no I mean it was um, uh, Brian and Joan there, I don't know if you know but Brian was a runner, so no, oh, Joan was a runner as well, hey, amen, both of them, yeah Tony's trying, and so uh, it's just good, it's good to see Rex and Irene here. I, I have always um, admired his hair one day. Amen. I'll get to heaven and I'll have some more. Thank you, Jesus. Good to see you all. Uh, uh, just uh, there are some books out there. We've got we, my son and I, Josh, uh, put this little coffee table book together. Uh, that's a joke, um, but it, it's not a coffee table book. It's a, well, actually, it is a coffee table book. It's you can read a, a couple of pages like this and get quite inspired. For approximately four years, I suffered with it's just over a thousand testimonies of healing in New Zealand, and we wanted to put it out for this generation, but also for the next generation to say that God does actually move in um, in New Zealand. 
Uh, amen? He does. God actually moves in New Zealand. And we wanted to really put that out and say, well, you know, we hear about miracles and things overseas, but also miracles happen here in, in, in this place as well. And, and, and this is West, uh, tes- life and testimony of Western Carrier. And it's got his testimony in there. It's just a great coffee table, but you just leave it there and pick it up and just read a, read a page, you know, read a half a page and it'll encourage you. For example, for approximately four years, I suffered with hemorrhoids. This condition was always extremely painful. It was very embarrassing as the continual bleeding would soak my clothes. I was told by the doctor that chances of the successful operation were not too good. However, at a church service at Invercargill, uh, God even moves in Invercargill. In, in February uh, 2000, Western Carrier prayed for, for healing for me. I'm delighted to write that by the next morning, the hemorrhoids had all completely disappeared, never returned. Jesus completely healed me. Thank you, Lord. For over 40 years, I was medically diagnosed with having a dysfunctional stomach. The results, this resulted in me being allergic to many different foods, particularly anything fatty and even some vegetables. Yeah, I'm allergic to those too. Anyway, anytime I ate any of these vegetables, I would, oh, this is the same. I would have violent diarrhea. Anyway, often pass out completely. I haven't had that yet, but with eating vegetables, but you feel like it sometimes. Anyway, as a result of these fainting spells, I suffered further injuries and was hospitalized twice. I attended a divine healing seminar in, in Paraparumu in 1998, where Western Carrier was ministering. Western received a word of knowledge about my condition, and when he spoke it out, I responded immediately. Went forward for prayer that night. The Lord completely healed me. 18 months later, and she's writing 18 months, oh, he's writing 18 months later. I'm desi- uh, delighted to say that I now have no dietary problems of any kind after 40 years of suffering. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It just goes on and on and on, just page after page after page of healing and uh, some just amazing miracles uh, taking place. So that's out there. It's just a great, uh, uh, it'll encourage you. It'll, it'll step you up in your faith. Amen. So Father, we just thank you that you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We thank you that whilst we have faith in you, you have more faith in us than we'll ever have of you. And we thank you, Jesus, for your goodness and your grace. I'd like those to put their hand up if you have a need of healing at all in your body. And we're just going to pray right now. Just raise your hand if that's you. And I'd like those who believe with me, if you could just stand around them and put a hand on a shoulder. And just we're going to believe God for your, the healing power of Jesus. We keep on believing God. Keep persevering for that healing power to invade our bodies. If, if every person could have someone around them to pray with them in Jesus' name. Lord, we lay on of hands right now. We declare your purposes and your plans in the name of Jesus. Somebody here has moved from dis- to, from d- disappointment to discouragement and you're really, really, it's not a healing so much, but it's a, you're, you're really in your soul. You're really, really, really discouraged. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we we just rebuke and resist that discouragement and we Father, we we thank you that it would turn this morning in Jesus' name. We speak to that and we speak life. We speak hope. We speak uh, 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 love to that person. We even speak joy. The joy of the Lord is their strength. Thank you, Lord Jesus, and we thank you. So, Father, we thank you for every person right now that needs your healing touch. And we say to these bodies, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power invading these lives. 
Thank you for your touch. Thank you for your miracle working power. And we speak the name of Jesus to every virus, every disease, every bit of pain in the body. And we declare that pain and that disease, that virus, whatever it is, to go in Jesus' name. And we say, be healed in the name of Jesus. Strength for every tissue. Strength for every bit of tissue and muscle and bone, we declare that healing would be indeed the result. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. It's good to do that. It's good to declare the healing power of God in people's hearts and lives. Amen. God does heal. Last week, I was This is the third time. I shouldn't say the first time. This is the third time I've worn a t-shirt at church. I've never done that in my life. A t-shirt. You wear a shirt. You don't wear a t-shirt. But anyway, all will be revealed soon. Amen. Uh, That's not 400 million calories. But uh, 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 last week I was in Bendigo. And uh, there was a girl there, and she couldn't breathe through her nose at all, all her life. She couldn't breathe through her nose. She was struggling with that. And, and so we prayed, and then instantly she was breathing through her nose. I was like, really? Okay. <laughs> so cool. I said, you're breathing through your nose. I said, you couldn't do that before. No. Oh, okay. It's a miracle. Yeah, it is. She was like stunned. Anyway, God heals today. I love it when... Uh, I love seeing God's supernatural power touch people's lives. Amen? Wonderful. Um, I've been to Europe a couple of times this year, and I just want to thank you right at the outset for supporting Karen and I in, in this venture, this crazy venture. I don't know why he chooses this Kiwi boy to have some influence or Kiwi couple to go and have some influence in this huge continent, this huge uh, land of Western Europe particularly. 400 million people who don't know Christ. And so we're seeing a church planning network beginning there. There's about five churches. A couple of them are fairly new churches. There's another eight churches that are on the board, the actual towns, and they're on the board the they're aiming to plant, the guys aiming to plant, the guys and girls aiming to plant in the next two years uh, over there. You've got to understand that you're in the south of Holland, Belgium, and particularly in France, you will will go through towns and villages, towns of 12,000, 6,000, that have no evangelical witness at all. There's just nothing there. So that's the environment you're in, you know. It's not, there's a lot of plowing that's needed. Like in uh, the the south of Holland, for example, where our friends are, they've been here, uh, Christian and JD, they've taken over a church there, which is actually growing like, for South Holland, it's growing like crazy. Now it's the largest church in that town uh, or that city of um, 60,000 people. Uh, and that's the largest church. They have about 80 people. And there are three churches in that city of 60, 70,000 people. And so they've got towns around them that have no evangelical witness at all. And people are coming to them and saying, we want to plant with you. So it's very exciting to see the supernatural hand of God. And, um, 
And so that's exciting for us. I, I come back now from Europe with a smile on my face. I ride on my trains and my Mercedes buses. They're my Mercedes buses. Uh, and uh, with a smile on my face. I go there with a smile on my face. I go again in October uh, after going to this Canada and to the States to minister and then to Europe again. But um, uh, in, in next year, September next year, we're planning a starting a, a church planting training center. Just want to bring you up to speed because this is something that's been a dream of mine for around 30 years. Some things just take a little time, don't they? Yeah. Turn to somebody and say, oh, some things do take a bit of time. Yeah. And so, so uh, September next year, it's on the cards that we're planting, they're starting this. We've got the place. We've got the teachers. We've got very competent people over there and uh, it's going to be a two-year internship and they graduate fully when they have been involved in a church plant and we've got people already hearing about and saying I want to be into this so uh, we've got a bit of lead time going through and the guys the 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 folks over there now are just working that through the details of it got the big picture now so that's very exciting it's not just it's not just a thing that's like maybe one day but no it's happening September 2017. So that's pretty exciting. That'll, that'll, and we're right down the south of Holland. So that'll be uh, touching Belgium and uh, the north of France. So Belgium is a nightmare. A large church there is about 50 people. It's like, it, and that's fine, but we just need to multiply those 50s so it becomes hundreds and thousands. Amen? Praise Jesus. Thank you, Stanley. Appreciate that. Uh, and, and it's just good to see uh, Andrew there as well. I haven't seen Andrew for ages. Matthew, sorry. Matthew. I haven't seen Matthew for ages. Hello, Matthew. It's good to see you. Amen. So uh, he's just getting taller and taller. He looks even taller than his dad and his mom. That's amazing. Yes. Amen. Fantastic. Well, uh, whenever, wherever is a bit of a catch cry. Is that right? And so... Uh, Eric Liddell, I don't know if you've ever heard of Eric Liddell. He was the person who they featured in the film Chariots of Fire. Remember that movie? Anybody remember that movie? Okay. Fastest runner in Scotland at the time. He was constantly persuaded by his family and friends to choose between his running and his sport and Christianity. How could the two go together? Running or the sport and Christianity? It was such a, that the culture of the day was that. And he was born in China. To add to this, he was born in China. And he, he actually uh, was a son of missionary parents and studied in Scotland. And uh, actually, he died in China as a missionary. Uh, and he's, his famous phrase is this, God made me fast. When I run, I feel his pleasure. God made me fast. And when I Run, I feel his, his pleasure. He also said this, we are all missionaries wherever we go. We either bring people nearer to Christ or we repel them from Christ. He influenced generations. You are influencing people. You and I are influencing those around you. Yeah? yeah? yeah. Believe that you are because you are. People are looking at you. He won a gold for the 400 meters race that he wasn't even meant to run. His specialty was the 100, and he 
was asked to run it on a Sunday and he wouldn't. That was the culture of the day. And he said, no, I'm not going to do that because of my faith. Instead, he went to church and had a wee preach. But he ran the next day, I think it was a 400-meter race. Anyway. That record for that 400-meter race wasn't beaten for 23 years. <laughs> now, I don't know if you've noticed. I, I, I really don't know if you've noticed. But 99% of us are not full-time paid pastors, evangelists, prophets, apostles like teachers. I don't know if you've noticed that. Has anybody noticed that? Yeah? We're not in so-called full-time paid ministry or church activity. The truth is, though, that we are all in ministry. We're all in, in, in ministry. All uh, God has placed and planted us where you are. You were born for such a time as this. Sometimes I, uh, we were actually in the uh, Pride and Prejudice. Uh, we, that was in, just outside Manchester. And just a few weeks ago, well, it seems like a few weeks ago, but it was in the Pride, where the BBC movie was done, the Pride and Prejudice uh, kind of deal. And, and, uh, uh, and it's just a great home. I, I thought I might get that next time. And, um, and, and so... Uh, I just love those Edwardian kind of suits. And is anybody else with me on that? I thought, oh, it'd be nice to be born in a time like that, you know, like, but, but anyway, there, there we go. This is a little bit of my little thing. But, uh, but, but you were born, and you and I were born for such a time as this. This is, this is our time. This is when God placed you and planted you, not only in this earth, but here in this place. And, and, and so, so this book... This book called the Bible was written, of course it was written for people like myself and others here in full-time ministry. But this book was primarily, I believe, written for you. For all of us, but, it, but for you. And that's what it speaks to, actually, a lot of the time. This book was written for those in the marketplace. Galatians 6.10 Whenever you have the opportunity, you should do good to everyone, especially the household of faith. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good. We can do the good things. He has planned for us long ago. God has planned for you to do good things. Philippians 1 12 to 14, everything has happened to me here has helped me to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, the whole palace guard knows that I'm in chains because of Christ and because of my imprisonment. Most of the believers have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. The whole palace guard <clears throat> had heard of this guy called Paul, and they had witnessed something of this Jesus through Paul. The same, the same book, 422, greetings to Caesar's household. How come he was sending greetings to Caesar's household? Because there were Christians in Caesar's household. 
who were influencers there. Hebrews 13, 15 to 16. Let us offer through Jesus Christ a continual sacrifice of praise to God. We know that one. Proclaiming our allegiance to his name. And don't forget to do good and share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. These are the, what are the sacrifices that please good? Don't, that please God. To do good and share with those in need. Acts 8, 27. Philip met with the treasurer of Ethiopia, a person who was a person of great authority, and directly, he was, who was directly working with the queen of Ethiopia. He came to Christ. He was baptized in water. God supernaturally did all that stuff. The Bible is especially for the marketplace. Not only for leaders and churches or ministry set in churches. Let's just remember just for a moment that Moses, Joshua, David oversaw kingdoms. Hello? Oversaw kind of nations. Solomon had a huge business. He was known as the richest person in the world. Daniel was second in charge of a country and saved it and countries around it from starvation. Nehemiah served a nation by rebuilding the city's walls. Esther was a queen of 127 provinces. She had huge influence. Yeah? Movies like Unbroken. He ends up becoming a Christian speaking around the world for reconciliation. Anybody seen that movie? Unbroken, pretty pretty raw, but it's, uh, this, this guy ends up as a Christian and actually speaks in a lot of Billy Graham meetings, testifies, and, and moves around the world. Uh, he just passed away a, a year or two ago. We've talked about chariots of fire. What about Corrie Teen Boom? What about, uh, who happened to be Dutch, by the way, um, Latorno, uh, who made dump trucks, uh, the dump trucks that you see on the big uh, sites uh, for, for dams and so on and so forth. He designed and he made... And uh, he gives 90% of his finances away, keeps 10%. Dilmar T, founder, Meryl Fernando, gives huge amounts of finance to Christian organizations and churches. Christian, who is a Christian, uh, Christensen, who is a Christian, who founded Lego, gives millions away to Christian organizations. This scripture has always fascinated me, and we find it in Matthew chapter 5. And here we go. Matthew 5, verse 13. And it goes like this. You are the what? You are the salt. This is Jesus speaking to us. You are the salt of the earth. Matthew 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It'll be thrown out and trampled under, underfoot as worthless. Verse 14, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp being placed, instead, a lamp is being placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out to all to see, for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. God has given you good things to do. God has given you things to do for His kingdom. And you are salt and you are light. 
We often think that Jesus is the light of the world. Of course He is. But where does Jesus live, my friends? Where does Jesus live? He lives in you. He doesn't just live in front, behind, above, below, beside us, or above us. He lives in us. He dwells in us. He made His home in us. He's actually at home in you. That's unbelievably believable, isn't it? Wherever I go, God is. It's amazing. Wherever you go, God is. Your address is God's address. And you are light. You don't carry darkness. You carry light. You carry life. You carry uh, something that illuminates. You carry carry God. Uh, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. I mean, you carry, turn to somebody and say you carry God. I mean, it's morning. I understand that. But uh, we sometimes, you carry God. You carry God. I've been on the table a few times under uh, getting some operation done with Tony Smith right there. I'm going to talk about what it was. I'm pleased he's carrying God. No, I'm serious. I don't want someone fooling around with my body who doesn't care, who doesn't have... I want someone, I want, I want someone like, like who's, who's praying before they come and sort of like, yeah, on to it, you know, amen. You and I carry God. We are, we are salt. Salt, you don't put, you don't get salt and put it on the side of your plate. Well, you might do, but you don't put it on the side of your plate and just leave it there and not touch it at all. Salt adds flavor. What does is, what is salt do? It, 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 it's, 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 it adds flavor. Uh, it, 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 culture begins to change. It's a preservative as well. It just like preserves things. It, 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 it makes people thirsty for God. See? And you're salt. You're salt. We are actually positioned for marketplace environments. God made you that way. Whenever, wherever. When you leave this building, your place for marketplace, your place for marketplace, position for marketplace environments, atmospheres change. You're releasing His presence. You're releasing His presence wherever you are. That's the heart of ministry. Yeah. And don't just stay in His presence, please. I see this often. Where the, you know, we aiming for the presence of Jesus. Wonderful. Amen. But presence draws us to His purpose. And people begin to find purpose. I found purpose as a young person, you know, just a few years ago in my teens. And, and I sensed the presence of God and it drew me to His purpose because there were people around me who were salt and they were like, they were illuminating things that I didn't want to know. I didn't want to see. I didn't want to hear about, but they were illuminating things. It was making me at the same time there was salt. They were ma- it was making me thirsty for the things of God. That's who you are. I can remember praying in my mum's car, you know, like I was out of church, one of the first. I was a young person, but something was stirring within me. I wasn't a Christian. 
And I went into my, uh, my parents' car. It was a, a Hillman Avenger. Anybody know what the Hillman Avenger is? It's like, you know, it's one of the latest things out. Anyway, so I sat there, and I can remember praying. Just this kid, you know, I think about it now. It's a bit weird, but I, I, I remember praying, Lord, please, if you're there, please just show me. I, uh, I don't understand all this. I don't get it. It seems all so complicated, and yet God is not complicated. Friends, Christianity is not complicated. And we have complicated Christianity. I think we've complicated church. And we need to understand that God, God is, uh, he's, He can be very complicated, but His church isn't. And, and, and Christianity isn't. I like the word help. It's, it's a word I pray often, help. Amen. Amen. And, and when we say yes to God, God does something, right? See, 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 we're positioned for market. You carry God. Listen. Who, has, who believes in God? Who, who believes in God? Oh, good. That's most of you. That's great. Uh, do, you, do you want to hear some really good news? He believes in you more than you'll ever believe in Him. Because He chose you. Read John 15. He chose you. He put His hand on you. He, 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 uh, he, he put something in you that enabled you to cry out to say, yes, God. He tagged you, not the President of the United States, not the, not, not the Prime Minister of New Zealand or the Prime Minister of Australia, whatever, not, not him. Not, no, he didn't ring you. No, 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 he didn't tag you. No, 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 not the most famous person that you could ever know in the world. He didn't, they, they didn't tag you or she didn't tag you. No, no, God did. God put his hand on you and he believed, because why? Because he believes in you. He believes in you to be salt. He believes in you to be light to this world. You're his hands. You're his feet. You're his eyes. You're his mouthpiece. It's, a, it's, it's amazing. And you're releasing his presence, which is the heart of ministry. If you, when we think of light, light exposes. Light illuminates. Revelation begins to come when people are hanging around you for long enough. When is light? When is the light we carry the brightest? In darkness. So it might be dark. That's okay. You're going to shine really bright. 400 million. 400 million. Why plant churches? I'll give you 400 million reasons why plant churches. We, all we're wanting to do is be salt and light. I'll put this on again. I feel very exposed in my T-shirt. I've never done that before. Yeah, it's a bit scary, really. See, you, you, light draws you. When there's light, it's safety, right? Where there's a lot of light, it's safe. There's hope. There's illumination. There's comfort where there's light. Matthew 13, 37, Jesus replied, The Son of Man is the farmer who plants the good seed. Verse 38, the field is the world, and the good seed represents the people of the kingdom. You are good seed. You represent the people of the kingdom, and the field is the world, and God has planted good seed, and that's you. <laughs> How cool is that? Turn to somebody and say, that's pretty good. Oh, no, come on. That's pretty good. Come on. See? 
No, no, and we think, we often think, no, no, I can't do this, I can't do that. Oh, I've done this, I've done that. Yeah, listen, God handles our humanity better than we do. You, if you haven't made any mistakes yet, you're a God. You'll probably make a few more before you leave this life. Who's ever made some mistakes? And with all those mistakes, he, he, God handles that, and He still lives in us, and He never jumps out of us. And He says, you are good seed. You are salt, and you are light. He seeded you to bleed the kingdom. Yeah? He seated you to bleed the kingdom. Please, He's pleased to give you the kingdom, the Bible tells us. The kingdom of God is in us. The kingdom of God is with us, but the kingdom of God is in us. Where's the kingdom? The kingdom of God is here. It's in here. And He wants you to bleed the kingdom in this place, wherever you are. And when we also understand that God is so close to us, God is with us always. John chapter 1 in the Message Bible says, The Word became flesh and blood and moved into our neighborhood. I wonder if the musicians could come back. That would be great. The Word, God, Jesus became flesh and blood and He moved. And listen, friends, He willingly moved into our neighborhood. He moves into our life. He tagged you. He chose you to be salt and light. In Genesis 1, verse 3, he says, let there be lights. He, it's like he's injecting himself into darkness. Where there's, where there's darkness, God comes. He injects himself into darkness. He walks into a storm and he stills it. He, he walks into hurting lives and he turns it to healing and wholeness and health. He turns chaos to, to order. He, 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 the, the blockages, the blockages, Turn into breakthroughs. Amen. Secondly, Jesus is sent as the light of the world. But thirdly, Matthew 5.14 says this. You are the light. You are salt of the world. And he injects you and me into darkness. Amen. Amen. You probably all know this, but just begin to work with it again and just be reminded of it again, how God, how close God is, how faithful He is, how, in, how He wants, how, how He has, how we have faith in Him at all, but He has so much faith and belief in you and I. It's, it's, it's quite amazing. It's wonderful. All I can do is lift my hands and say, oh God, please, thank you that you chose this, this kid, this guy in Christchurch many years ago. Father, I just thank you for your goodness and your grace to us. I thank you who you are. I honor you. I praise you. Thank you, Jesus. If this message has meant something for you and it's just, or maybe it's just reminded, I know many people here and many of them have been Christians for a, a, a long time. You've been Christians a long time. That's fine. I like if this message is sort of reiterated or challenged you or inspired you or just, it's just, you, you just begin to realize something afresh again. I'd like you to stand where you are, please. Just where you are. I'd like you to stand. Just, just where you are right there. Father, I just thank you. People standing all over this place. I'd like you to stand. If that's you, just thank you, Father. 
Lord, I honor you. We just put our hand up again and we say, Lord, help us to be the people you want us to be in this life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, have your way. Do your work in our lives. So, Lord, I thank you for this place, this church. Thank you for its people. Thank you for its leaders. We just commit them to you. Help them to be salt. Help them to be light. Help this place to shine, illuminate, so that people are drawn to yourself. Thank you, our God. Thank you, Jesus. If you want prayer for anything at all, healing, whatever, Karen and I are around just after the service. Maybe there are some here that haven't been released in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues or prophesy. You can prophesy or you can speak in tongues. That's what the two things they did in Acts. That's you. Look, I can I can live this life if it wasn't for those supernatural gifts in my heart and life. I need them. I they're, they're not toys. They're tools. And so if that's you, if you, you, you haven't been released in that yet, we saw uh, the last couple of weeks saw scores of young people, particularly just released in the Holy Spirit. So if that's you, just feel free to come and we'll pray and we believe God. It'll help you to be salt. It really will. It'll help you be light in this world. It'll help you do what God has indeed called you to do. Amen and amen. Amen. How about giving Pastor Nick a big hand? Fantastic. They're going to be around all day. We'll be at the 6 p.m. tonight as well. So why don't you come out? There's nothing on TV.